Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Sadly, all good things must come to an end. Hey there, Z Nation fans. Welcome back to the final episode of Z Nation's After Show. Although maybe not. We'll talk about it later. But for right now, we're covering Season 5, Episode 13, The End of Everything. We're going to be breaking down this final episode. And guys, we also have a couple special guests joining us tonight. So stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz I don't think I can, like, overemphasize how hauntingly beautiful <laughs> this full song is. It's absolutely incredible. And I guess it only went up a few days ago, so hey, timing. Yeah, I want it, I want it, I want it. I'm yes. really glad I got a couple iTunes gift cards for Christmas, so I am going to be trundling on over to iTunes and buying it soon. Nice. Well, anyway, hey there, Z Nation fans, welcome back! We are covering the final episode of Z Nation tonight, the end of everything. Let's not waste any time. I'm Megan Salinas, and let me introduce my fantastic panel. To my left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. To her left, Michelle Cullen. Hey, how's it going? And joining us on the couch, we have two returning guest star champions. We have the showrunner, executive producer, and writer, Carl Schaefer. Thank you, hello. Glad to be here. <laughs> and we also have the director of tonight's episode, Alexander Yellen. Woo! Good to be back, thank you. And yes, uh, in the spirit that Kalita set a couple episodes ago, <laughs> we have champagne. Oh, it's just like leftover from when Kalita was here? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, it's fresh. We picked this up special. So, cheers, everyone, cheers. to the final episode. To Kalita. To Kalita. <laughs> she ah. says hi. Well,. Let's get right into it, guys. Uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about it. Like, what did you guys think of, you know, now that it's out there, what was it like getting to see fans react to the final episode? Um, well, it was, uh, it was really interesting to see how many people, you know, uh, uh, how it fit into their lives and what it meant to them and uh, um, how much they wanted it to go on and... and um, it was interesting to see just the number and and uh, different types of people and from all over the place that were fans of the show and and like us, kind of surprised that it ended, but not surprised that it did because uh, it always felt like we were getting away with something <laughs> um, and somebody was going to catch up with us sooner or later. Um, and I guess it was later um, in this case. Um, yeah, I think it's all very it's all very bittersweet. There's just been this huge outpouring of love and affection for the show and. Uh, for everybody on it and sort of for the role it filled in people's lives. And, you know, there, there are petitions floating around to save Z Nation to move it to other networks. And, you know, we'll see if something happens. But uh, I think everybody who worked on it was extremely proud of the work, is, is extremely proud of the work that we did and is appreciative for all the support the fans have given over the seasons. 
I think when the announcement was made that the show was canceled, there was this initial feeling of sadness, but then there was also this very touching feeling, yeah, seeing that outpouring of love in the fan community and just seeing everybody come together and, you know, whether it was trying to save the show or reminiscing about all the good times you had, like, it was just very sweet. Uh, ladies, what did we think of this final episode? I think this is the best finale Z Nation's ever done. Best season finale. <laughs> oh, season finale. Okay. Yes. It's the least infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's maybe by design. I mean, it's also the least apocalyptic. It is. Every single other one has been like, oh, the world's about to end. Again. This, this entire season was about humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a nice... It was a nice change of pace because there was, I did, not gonna lie, there was this underlying fear in me that it was going to end with either a major cliffhanger like we had at the end of season one and every (laughs) subsequent season afterwards. (laughs) And there was also a part of me that was like, oh, you know, I threw this out there like, ages ago, but I was like, please, please, please don't make it, like, all, like, the bombs are actually, from the end of season one, are still falling, and this is all taking place in Citizen Z's mind right before the bombs strike. I'm really, really glad that neither of those things happened. Well, when we had that moment where Warren woke up, I ha- I just thought, wait a minute, was this whole season a dream? No, 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 and it wasn't, but it was definitely just... Okay. It was like, thank God. Um, Before we dig too deep into the episode, we have a quick announcement for you guys. Hey, After Buzzers, our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that that works harder to serve (laughs) television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one of our more... You got this. I've had you. two sips of champagne, man. That's it. <laughs> I Good told night, you. everybody. <laughs> oh, my. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channels, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be, because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel, and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments, and we'll thank you on air. For now, thanks for being the best TV fans, and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Thank you so much for that. This is where we usually plug the animation channel because that is also where Megan and I live. It's Voltron's a, back. It's a good channel. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, that, that notification about going live is really, really useful. Mm-hmm. As you guys might know, obviously, with the new year, a lot of schedules sort of got mi- uh, mixed up and are, you know, a lot of shows are making up for lost time. So it's really important to stay up to date. We were busy on New Year's Eve. <laughs> a little bit. And the studio was closed. That too. For sure. Um, but we are keeping an eye on the live chat. We are also keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVZNation. For all of you guys watching live, if you guys have any questions for our fantastic guests, let us know there. We will we will relay those. So, guys, uh, this was, you know, the, the season finale. How did you guys approach this one? Because as we sort of were touching on a moment ago, this felt very different than a lot of the season finales that have come before. Well, uh, we didn't know for sure if it was going to be the series finale or not, so I had to write it to play either way, um, which we've done every season, actually, was sort of the idea. Um, and and uh, um, and so there was definitely, you know, a season six to go to had they said uh, yes and, and wanted more. Um, but, you know, 
I think it seemed different because it was a different season. It had more of a, a continuous story, I think, uh, this season than before, and was uh, um, all of a you know kind of a, a, a single allegory kind of story, and uh, um, had a lot more to wrap up than we usually do. Uh, which is usually we're goofing around, and then the last couple episodes we come up with something, you know, that sort of propels the uh, or brings back the beginning of the season. But this season there was really a, a a strong thread through every episode. So when you guys sat down to to look at the season as a whole, you kind of knew that you wanted beginning, middle, end, and this is where we wanted to end up. Well, he did. He doesn't tell any, <laughs> us any of this stuff until the <laughs> scripts are published. But, uh, I mean, I was as surprised reading the script as I think most people probably were watching it. That, like, oh, this, like, it sort of wraps up and it's kind of an up note. Like, it, we kind of won, I guess. Uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> we kind of a, a Z Nation win. We didn't um, kill any other major characters. Yeah. Cool. Well, and so much of it is, is, um, you know, we kind of backfill the story to make it seem like, oh, yeah, we had that planned all along, um, you know, uh, t- to wrap it all up. And the actors are so good at, at sort of uh, making it all feel of, of a part and, and continuing their arcs. And, um, I mean, that's really the hardest thing is just doing justice to all the great characters we had and making sure that we, you know, uh, wrapped everybody up at least a little bit um, in the end. Um, and left enough people alive so in case it <laughs> went another season, we were we had something to come back to. Alex, uh, when you know directing a finale, whether it's a series finale or a season finale, is always challenging. So how did uh, how did you guys sit down and sort of figure out how you wanted to approach? I don't know that we treated it uh, at its base any differently than any other Z Nation episode. Um, you know, you you sort of uh, you break it down the same way, and it's it's. You know what are the what are the major things you want to hit, and it's uh, certainly the 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 square off between uh, George and Pandora, and then the the square off between Warren and Estes, and then her reunion with Cooper, and then uh, wrapping up particularly George and Murphy's sort of stories, and giving Murphy that last moment. It's like, well, what are the most important beats we need to hit? Let's start there, and then build out around that and of course you know make sure we continue because it's a very continuous episode from from episode 12 make sure we we keep the same feel and flow from the story points that are set up there and make sure they pay off but otherwise it wasn't we didn't approach it too much differently from any other episode yeah. but I, it, but it is harder for you because every scene is like a big emotional like wind up scene you know there's no coasting in there at all it's like they're all uh um, this is the last we're going to see of some of these characters, you know, at least for a while. As long as you think that watching the footage, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... Uh, uh... Talking about, like, kind of um, looking for ways to sort of wrap up different characters' storylines, one of the things that we get to see is Doc um, and his role in the plan, which I... Don't think I could have thought of anything more perfect for Doc to do in this episode. <laughs> I'm amazed that he survived that. I am amazed that they didn't just shoot him on sight. Yep. I that's was expecting what they that. said they would do. Yep. I, we had one version that was like that, but then we changed it to the last minute. <gasps> Thank you. Oh, so many feelings at once. I love that he had the clapper thing, and I like to think that's why they didn't shoot him. Just, that's how they were they like, got really? Tricked. They were just like, we fell for that. I think they just couldn't believe it. They were just so dumbstruck that they uh, did 
didn't shoot him. Well, and they needed to know where the talkers actually were. That too. But One of my the favorite thing. pieces of doc action is when he, when it all starts to go to heck after 10K shot a couple of the guys and they're all turning zombie and he's just sneaking away. Like, <laughs> just kind of like, here I go. That it's is my like, cue. So perfect of his character. Puts the glasses on and Right, yeah, yeah, just, exactly. He's just like throws on the dark glasses as he's heading out of his frame. Which is also, that's a Russell flourish. That's not something that was, he was like, can I show you something? Right. <laughs> And it's Russell, so the answer is yes. I was just about to ask if he improved anything for that particular scene that made it to the final cut. <laughs> he improved a lot. I, mean, well, I think he... they do in every every scene because these are written so fast, and and um, you know, and you get there in the situation, and and the scene doesn't ever work exactly as it's written. And these guys are always so good. And our rule is sort of get one as scripted, and then if you have time, go do a couple other versions. So it, and then. By the time we get to editing it, everybody forgot which one was the written one, or we just go with the funniest one. Legit for good policy for Russell, I definitely think that's the best yes. policy. Oh yeah, uh, but we also, it, you know, there's a lot of laughs in this episode because it, it wouldn't be a Z Nation episode without a few laughs here and there. Um, but we also get this really touching moment with 10K, which is, I think, why we were so anxious when Doc was the one sort of that was like a key piece in this ambush, because he says, I love you, kid. And in the previous episode, talking about how they flow into each other, we had a really great moment between the two of them. And so right before they part ways, I'm sitting here going like, He's going to die. Uh, I was really anxious. Just going to hang a bunch of death flags on him and then saunter away wearing sunglasses. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. But, yeah. Um, Michelle, you mentioned uh, that you've been really frustrated with 10K this yes, season. Yes, I have. Uh, did, did this episode alleviate a little bit of that? Or are you like, nope, I feel like I could, like, like he, d- he needed to do more? I feel like the hug was in character for who he is as a as a person. <laughs> that whole was that a good bit. political answer? That didn't really answer. Yep. So sure. Feel. So what was your problem with Ten K? I just <laughs> I get he lost his hand, but he was very self centered this entire season and didn't seem to give a single shit that uh, Sarge died. <laughs> And that Red was going through some emotional trauma of chopping off her boyfriend's hand and then dealing with other stuff, and then he just took off. He just kind of wandered off. So the, fact that he, so the fact that he hugged Doc after Doc said, I love you, is like, yeah, that's on par. But it's also right. the most emotion I've seen out of him. Well, that's, I mean, that's a little bit his character. I mean, yeah. I mean, part of it is everybody in reality would be so emotionally damaged and yes. traumatized. Um, you know, any sort of normal human behavior would be a rarity, I think. But, um, but that, well, that's, that's legit. Cause, well, you know, once we cut off his hand, it was like, oh, shoot, what do we do now with him? Like, it's like I don't know. All right. He's going to get a reindeer hand. We know that. It's like, so, uh, um, but that's part of the problem with having so many great characters yeah. and having such a strong story that we owed things to. So just keeping them all in there and a part of it and and what was going on. And Was, uh, was there anything else that you guys wanted to shine a light on or for a particular focus but didn't have the time to do because there's a lot to – there was a lot of world building this season? Um. 
I don't know specifically if I can think of anything. I mean, uh, mostly it was just being able, we had a lot of plot to get through and making sure we had enough character scenes where they just got to hang out and just, you know, sort of do their normal business and just keeping the zombie of it all alive and and because we did have a lot of human story to tell um and and uh you know not losing sight of what it is that makes it z nation so speaking of we had our final z kill of the series this episode and i think you pointed that out the second time we watched that was Oh, yeah, this is the final straight-up zombie kill of the series, isn't it? Way to go, Addy. Where, yeah. where was it? Oh, it was oh, the yeah, Addy. Addy. Well, it's the only zombie kill in the whole episode, <laughs> I guess, except for Pandora, I guess. Yeah, right. I, I kind of put... Who is a talker, Pan- right? Yeah. I put Pandora as, like, final boss territory. This was yeah. the last normal zombie that got killed in the entire series. And she had fun. Who also, if not he, the stunt person, I think, if not the first, was one of the first zombies we ever killed. Mm. On the show, it was really? a five season zombie. Yeah, he's our he's our most killed Aww. zombie. It was so funny because some of them were po- I've never seen him out of makeup. So and then they're posting on Facebook, and it's like, oh, that's a, who, who that was. Wow, I, I've literally never seen your face before. After five years, I finally see you. <laughs> the um, I think it's really fitting that our last zombie kill of the series goes to Addie and the Z Whacker. I think so too. Because that Z Whacker has come to represent the series in a lot of it's ways. Pretty iconic. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, good for Addie. <laughs> um, she has a few things to work out. And I, I know we talked about this a little bit when we discussed the last episode, but I really liked the interactions between her and Murphy in this episode as well. Mm-hmm. They make a surprisingly good team. It's just the exchange about don't go being you, stick to the plan. Well, we never got this far sticking to the plan. Like, <laughs> on one hand, legit. On the other hand, also legit. Yeah. Like, hmm, everyone has a point. And Murphy, like, all of the characters have gone through their their own individual journeys. Addie's in a very different place than where we started off. Um, and Murphy has grown a lot. Like, there were, there were a couple moments where, the, and it, we've seen it a lot throughout this season, but one thing that was really telling for me in terms of his character growth in this episode was when they return to Numerica, or Altura, and he, he literally says, save some action for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And I kind of smiled because I was like, aren't you the guy that's always running away? And he's like, no, I want to fight. I want to punch people with my spiky gloves. Always running away, always in the back, always hiding behind other people. And he led the group right up to the fence. And then he demanded they open the gate and he came through. And then he said, save some action for the rest of us. He's grown up so much. I think red is good on him. Red's a good color. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's hard to think of him in flesh tones. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. But luckily, he'll be able to work anywhere, and people won't, you know, he'll be able to That's completely true. be another role. Because uh, even from episode one, he looked, I mean, he looked pretty dead and gross yeah. starting off right off the yeah. bat. There That's one of the funnest things about the yeah. show is if you go back and look at some of the early episodes um, and see just how much they all changed and, and how they wound up, and we let them evolve into who they really are in a way. And, yeah. You know, once you get to know them and pull, pull out their, their own real personality. 
Well, like Doc's hair is so much shorter. <laughs> I know. I actually was a kid. Right. Uh, I know. He's so young in the first episode. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, we had him in for our third after show, I believe, uh, for this Nat. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Sorry, oh. I thought you were talking about Doc. I was like, oh, no. Russell didn't come in towards, until towards the end of that first season. Oh, no, I completely... My brain went somewhere else. You said he really was a kid, and I'm like, yeah, wasn't he like 18? Yeah, he yeah. was a baby. Yeah, he missed his prom. Yeah, oh. come, come do the uh, first episode. I mean, right? Yeah, Just like TV show, prom, <laughs> TV show. <laughs> um, but talking about sort of Murphy's changing and evolving looks over the the course of the series, um, we had some pretty cool effects in this episode, I think namely with Pandora's makeup. And I I wanted to ask, what was your guys' favorite effect that that, uh, the series captured this season? Wow, that's a tough question. I mean, Pandora's was pretty dang impressive Pandora's with the eye socket and the <laughs> yep. her whole Phantom of the Opera thing was just she yeah was that was very on. cool. Um, <laughs> I liked I liked Charlie's brain was fun. Oh yeah, that was really um, good conceptually and the uh, um, the I mean, jaw falling off of uh, the zombie when uh, Murphy's talking to him. Yes, so he can't answer him. That kind of stuff was fun. Yeah, and the uh, so makeup effects. I mean, I, I also have a. a, a just as a practical effect, the uh, blood cannon they built for Sarge's death yeah. was yeah. Just something like twenty gallons. With a, <laughs> I think they built this giant tank called the Sargenator. Oh <laughs> uh, we th- had to send her out in a big yeah, way. Yeah, that's that. But that was a, a fun, a very fun effect. I think you mentioned that you were surprised at how actually big the blast was for that particular effect. They also didn't tell me they put a head in there. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That was always that's always fun. But it shot really well. You did. But no, the Pandora face, I think, is probably, yeah, that was, I mean, that's that's certainly the most build-up to a reveal we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those ones where they're working on that for six episodes coming up to it. You know, we're talking about it and planning it. And, and I think it was a four-hour, four or five-hour makeup. Oh, I'm sure. It was, we had to build our whole day around, like, getting some stuff with Pandora in the morning, sending her for half a day to get the makeup appliance on, and then coming back and just shooting that for the rest of the day. Were there portions of her face that had green fabric on them so that they could be chroma keyed out for digital effects? Yeah, the eye socket. Okay. Because the, the hollow eye socket needed to be done later. So that's a, that's green, but everything else is practical. That's really that's impressive. impressive. I was wondering about that. Yeah, we were, we were definitely looking at it going, okay, what ratio of this is CGI and what ratio There's actually like little effects? wormy things that shake in there when she moves and there's all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> Yikes. Ah. That's so cool. Well, we're we're talking about Pandora right now. We should probably go ahead and talk about the big showdown between Pandora and George. I love that she runs off, comes back in this battle outfit covered in spikes and this specially painted mask. Like, how long have you been waiting for this showdown? Like, you you knew. And I'm sure she has, like, a cupboard somewhere that's just different masks with different levels of paint. Her stealth mask has no makeup. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd believe that. Well, because it's Z Nation, we make light of it, George. Which, again, I think was an ad lib. Or maybe they brought no, it No, no, no. That was, that was always scripted. That, that, was that, that at a table read? Did you change read? your outfit? Like, <laughs> no, because we didn't do table reads this year. That, just no, that was did, definitely... We did for the finale. 
Right, right. But it was definitely it was definitely always in in the uh, in the plan of the. Because we wanted her to change, and it was like, well, should we just go ahead and do it and not say anything? <laughs> and then, uh, um, you know, because it is Z Nation, so you don't have to, like, you know, you could get away with a few things that you might not do otherwise. Um, Hashtag Z Nation fashion. <laughs> yeah, but it just seems so funny that, she, you know, it's like, well, let's just play it for real. She would go get an outfit on because she knows there's going to be a big fight. And, and George, George makes fun of her for it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was just wearing that under her cape the whole time. And then it's like, wait, no, she was in that weird little vinyl ruffle that dress. Right. Latex-looking yeah. dress. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, okay, she would. In her defense, having spikes all over you makes you much more difficult to grapple. That's true. That's fair. That probably wasn't easy. <laughs> I mean, that's been Murphy's plan the entire season is just like spikes. I just Everybody's cover myself good. in spikes. Right. <laughs> Who I'm good wore to go. it better? <laughs> I, I do like the, the choice of mask, too, because obviously if you're going in for a fight, you she didn't just go with something that was a rough approximation of what her face used to look like, like we've seen for the rest of the season. She goes with the straight-up skinless approach that I guess is meant to intimidate. She's um, Darth Maul. Yep. It's the full-on Darth Maul mask. I know that the answer is going to be no, but have either of you seen Hellraiser? No. I, I, <laughs> really? Um, in the first movie, there are a couple of people who walk around without their skin, and so you just see like muscle and sinew and everything like that. And so looking at that, the, the way her mask was designed, I got a very Hellraiser vibe. Oh, that's cool. I, I really appreciated it. I'm sticking we, with Darth Maul. I think we actually started with a from a place of like kabuki love yeah, like japanese kabuki and that. like those oh, warrior so cool. masks yeah make that's it cool. make it angrier and horror <laughs> i think that is like perfectly in line with something she would want to do for sure i really liked it really dug it did but, she paint them herself the masks <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well lydia didn't pandora well, no. probably did that strikes probably, me as yeah. a she seems or to she be had that's... a minion do it. <laughs> that's right. what she does to unwind. She paints and she, f- she throws per pe- <laughs> She throws pieces of people to Pierre. That there's a reason I had trouble with that one. She <laughs> threw pieces of people to Pierre. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. Pitched pieces. Of- <laughs> Pitched pieces of people. Pierre. To Literary Pierre. present. <laughs> um, I like that. The uh, <laughs> the alliteration is great. Pierre people people later. <laughs> um. But let's, since we're talking about Pandora, let's jump back a little bit to the beginning of the episode because we see sort of the deterioration of her and Estes's unshaky alliance, or which is interesting because something we sort of debated a little bit um, throughout the season as to was which one of them was actually in control, which one was using the other one, and throughout the majority of the series, like I kind of thought it was. Pandora using Estes. Same. Yeah. It was... I I feel like that was kind of by design. (laughs) Was it by design? (laughs) A little bit, I think, yeah. I mean, uh, um... It's. I mean, it's interesting because some of it is the dynamic of the actors and their personalities and who's playing who and, um... Lydia Hurst certainly brought all the licking to the, like, all of that. <laughs> that was her whole thing of being, she liked to be super creepy, creepy, and, and really leaned into that uh, um, aspect of it and made herself, you know, stand up to, because originally it was going to be a male character. 
It was originally really? written as like a like a really scary like his right hand man, hmm. um, this really scary enforcer guy. Um, and then we we saw Lydia and we had we all had a guy we were going to cast and then um, we met her I think as we were looking at her for George um, and she didn't she didn't seem like big enough and strong enough for George so much um, but then thought about her for like ooh what if we made Pandora uh, like sexy dangerous weirdo <laughs> basically um, That's- and she was totally down with it she was really into it so. That's really interesting because her final words to George are, I could have been you. Was oh. Right, right. <laughs> Was that a little bit of a meta joke? Um, oh, I actually, no. Maybe not consciously, <laughs> but uh, unconsciously I can't say. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean um, – it's, that was that was sort of the one chink in the in the Pandora armor, I guess. Is, is Lydia especially leans so much into the villain sort of character? Is like Estes is this sort of more like he has a he has sort of a, a political purpose, um, and and uh, I guess as a believer, uh, Pandora is just a more classic villain. But uh, in this moment of like, well, if you in the apocalypse, if you push anyone far enough, maybe they turn into Pandora. She has this moment of like, you know, I I am what the apocalypse made me. Yeah, I think uh, that was sort of the idea was that that had things just broke differently, you would be me and I would be. This could be turned around the other way if I, you know. But my I half my face got burned off, so I'm in a bad mood all the time, <laughs> you know. And uh, I'll I'll mess with people. So, well, I don't like humans. Something really fascinating about Pandora is the story we're not being told. Mm-hmm. It's the 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 visual cues we've known all season long that there's a story behind what happened to her face, how how she died, and you know, how that informs who she is as a character and why she's doing what she's doing. And, and she separated herself from the rest of the talkers. She doesn't identify with them in any capacity. It's like, well, these are your people. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> but she's also still, oh, she broke like the human she is. Like, okay? <laughs> are you... That's a lot of Orwellian double think going on. You, uh, you all right in there? And the answer is no. She put herself in her own world. She did. Her own category. I mean... With Pierre. (laughs) Yep. I feel like we... Like, any... Any time we see her sort of left to her own devices, we see the sort of nature of how sadistic she is. Like, just this opening sequence where she's dancing with Sunmei's, like, brainless corpse is a really chilling image to open the season finale on. Well, and then they next to Sunday's yeah. corpse, which is like, there's a uh, dead body in this room. Are you sure you were? Okay, I mean, cool. technically two dead cool. bodies, but like, that's not that you know that. That's okay, but one of them is moving and one of them really isn't. <laughs> and this is where you ask questions and then back away from those questions because you don't want them answered. <laughs> not I try to do that every episode. I have a few of those. I mean... Once we got the hold still and let me stick my tongue in your ear scene, everything else was just like, all right, it's going to be weird. It's just going to be weird. Well, like- the other thing not to, to, to further ruin uh, your day is, you know, <laughs> you imagine why she wears that latex suit. And maybe what it might be holding together. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I would imagine that it's just terrible all the way down. Ooh. 
her left arm Some was worse than her right arm. that. <laughs> like the makeup effect on her left arm was more severe than the makeup effect. Although there was a lengthy right debate so about like the, right about that space that was between her shoulder and her glove, which I don't think originally was intended to be seen. About uh, like what to do with that and how right make it look rotten. I think how bad is how how bad is that going to be? To remind you that she was a talker under all that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like it was a really good balance worked out but um i also just i really appreciate you know again knowing that originally pandora was going to be a man i really appreciate that you guys went the other direction because you you liked lydia's performance because this series has always focused on its strong female characters mm-hmm. and not to sound like a broken record but that's so refreshing <laughs> yeah thank god <laughs> Just like yes, so I kind of I kind of appreciate that our final big bad is also another woman. Yeah. Well, we I mean we definitely by design try and do that, and that's also a function of having a lot of women writers on the show because every time you come up with a character, they're going, "It's got to be a woman. It's got to be a woman." <laughs> what? All right, who's that? all right? Pandora's a woman. All right. <laughs> you know, it's like it's when you have those advocates in there and people who are pitching that at you all the time and. And and the show is sort of you know it's the it's the counterpart to, or the uh, answer to the Walking Dead, which is very sort of testosterone driven uh, um, male energy about it, and and our our show is kind of a different end of the apocalypse a little bit, and it's a little more evolved. I like to think. Yeah. And a potential actual end to the apocalypse because we have a cure now. <laughs> yeah, something sun you know. Sun May's final action was creating at least a starting point for the cure. And her her final wish is for them to take her brain and for them to give it to Murphy um, because he'll, quote-unquote, know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> tackle into the camera as it fades. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we get this great moment of him having a eureka moment and giving that that smarmy Murphy laugh, and then we cut to black. Uh, so I, I guess it's sort of a moot point because the, the series is done. But, like, in your guys' mind, let's let's go around. Where, where does Murphy as a person go from here? Does he regress? Or does he actually, you know, take some of those lessons he's learned and move forward? It depends on whether or not Warren decides to stay. Because she has been his moral compass for a chunk of time now. And I would be, it, it's its really going to depend on what she says, whether she sticks around with him, whether she is able to steer him a little bit or at least influence him. So I'd, I'd say, honestly, its it's on her. I feel like he would express wanting the freedom to move from Limbo to wherever back to Altura as he pleases, but I also like to picture him as the head of the lab without having any idea what he's doing. He just holds the secret, and he's smarmy and smartassy and bosses people around, and he's trying to explain the science behind the cure. Well, can you think of a less responsible caretaker for that kind of, you know, great secret? I mean, the last time he had, the last time he did this... We wound it. We wound up with Murphy Town and all the, you know, his blend army. <laughs> yep, and all the issues that came with that. After eating her brain, he knew what season six would be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the that's, cooler? Season six. <laughs> Give it to Murphy. He'll know what to do with it. Eat it and keep it to himself. Right. 
Well, I do. Like, I feel it's sad that we're not getting another season, but at the same time, ending on this ambiguous note of, it, it, again, it's the same note we started on. It's the future of humanity lies with Murphy. And, you know, everything sort of has come full circle in that regard. Aww. I feel like we as an audience trust Murphy a lot more, though. Like, we know we know him better. He's not just the payload getting dragged hither and yon and being extremely unhappy about it the entire time. He is his own person, for better and for worse. <laughs> yep. Well, we leave him in a place of power. He now he has he he's the only one with the knowledge. He has and he can decide what to do with it. It's not you know the at the beginning he's just the carrier. And historically, Murphy's just been great with handling power. <laughs> well, I would like to think people learn from their mistakes. You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, he also now knows what Sun May would do in his position. So maybe maybe her you know her voice will be in his head. Uh, <laughs> Does he also know all of Sun May's secrets? Because I feel like that would be she a did, side effect. Yeah, she I think, did work I think, for the government. I mean, that, that's sort of the mythology of, yeah. You know, whatever whatever's convenient to the writers, you know, by eating the brains of uh, one of the other characters. <laughs> uh I I love that. He now has all of the the secrets of the Chinese government also at his fingertips. That's pretty fantastic. If the Chinese government is right, still if around. That's useful. <laughs> <laughs> he could probably like call them up and like, you know, impersonate her on the radio. <laughs> Someone just take dub it. her voice in. Like, that that'd be a fun Murphy power to play with if there were another thing is, is uh, Murphy impersonations. Right. He could actually be a genius doctor if he ate her whole brain because she went to medical school. She right. did. Yeah. <laughs> Someone take Estes's phone. We need to try this. <laughs> Just like, where are people getting these phones? I'm like, legitimate answer. Kind of going off of that. Um, before before we dial in on that, so to speak, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about <laughs> iTunes. Folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you. And it was the best way to let our producers know that you guys liked this show that we put on. Uh, as, you know, we're going away, but it still means a lot for everybody who finds this show in the future. Please, if you haven't already done so, uh, leave a comment, rate, to make it more searchable for people who find Z Nation in the future and want to use this as a companion piece i mean it's on netflix yep so it'll be bouncing around the world for a long time i imagine oh Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yep i don't think the fandom will let it go (laughs) it's not a bad thing just saying yep so guys go do that we love you everybody who again i i said it yesterday but thank you to everybody who's commented over the past five seasons it means a lot you guys are the best thank you all right talking about estes's phone (laughs) we find out what has been sort of Estes's sort of main goal this entire time. And it's not about the, the sort of figurative power that comes with being uh, the head of a community, but it's actually literally power. It is a battery that keeps Altura going. And we, we discussed it a little bit yesterday, but I want to present this question to the table. Guys, did Estes have a point? Again, if you strip it down to the hypotheticals, yeah. But once you start adding in people, ugh, that, that's where you get to the point of, oh, yeah, cool motive, still murder. Did Thanos have a point? <laughs> oh, my God. Again, I take us back Both to Thanos. cool motive, still murder. 
Also, Thanos was a goddamn idiot. That Infinite is... power, and he kills people instead of making more resources. Bless him. <laughs> That's why they call him Thanos. Um, but yeah, one of the <laughs> one of the big, I suppose, debatable aspects of Estes's character is whether or not he legitimately believes what he, in what he's doing uh, and really feels like it is the best course of action for humanity. Or if it's just his way of justifying his terrible actions to himself, he might believe it, and it might. But it could also be a case of uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think it's all three of the things that you said, and he's accustomed to a certain lifestyle. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> he's a Zona boy. He wants, he wants power to be on because he's listing all these things, and I was like, nope. People lived for hundreds of years without that. <laughs> nope, they did it with that. That's fine. I get electrical fences are convenient, but also spikes. Like, <laughs> next argument. Normal fences, candles. <laughs> like, go raid a mall. There's probably still a Bath and Body Works around somewhere. Or make Zombie candles. So what What was the intention um, from the, the sort of production aspect of it? Were you guys, uh, was he directed to be more sincere when he's sort of giving this assertion? Or is he just kind of a megalomaniacal? That's the word. You're welcome. (laughs) Megalomaniacal asshole. Uh. Well, we've—I mean, we've uh, talked—we talked earlier in the season about how the talkers are sort of a convenient stand-in for whatever oppressed group you want to you want to make them, and he definitely leans into that as somebody who is prejudiced against talkers for his own reasons. We don't delve deeply into whatever they are, but we do know that he hates talkers. And so whether the the battery and his argument about the battery is for is for legitimate reasons or not, certainly his actions are colored by his hatred of talkers as a group. Well, it's which one comes first. Does he, in order to justify his battery, does he have to also hate them, or does it does he hate them so he doesn't mind using them for uh, a battery and. And I, I mean, we definitely wrote him to be a, a legitimate believer in what he did. I think he sees himself as somebody who has all the information, thought about it, and made and made did the math and said, "Well, this is the right thing to do. This is a hard decision. People, we can't argue about this and and split it, the difference. This has to be done, though." And once you get to that point, if you really believe what you're saying, then you act upon that, and and that's what he was doing, and. And Jack Plotnick's a wonderful actor and really was able to play both sides of uh, that character and and his, you know, he's a, a true believer that goes too far, I think. Is, um, and now we're back to Thanos. But, but, but to, <laughs> your, to your question, his, the sincerity is genuine. That's his, that was definitely how he was playing it was it's a sincere, he's coming from a sincere place. Not, he's not trying to sell them. And we uh, wanted people all season kind of going, yeah, yeah, the talkers are a problem. Like, you can't, like, have a battery. Forget about those people. They're dead, you know. I, that's have, a, I have to wonder if his hatred of talkers comes from the fact that they're inconvenient. That it's one of those, it's no longer, it's a zombie, shoot them on sight. It's fine. They're already dead. They're just going to try to kill you. And now it's all right. Well, it's a talker, and they haven't actually turned. They're they've just kind made, of feral right now. They've they made the issue help. complicated. Yeah, he seems like a guy who deals in absolutes. 
and well, this gray he's area also doing the doing the math and looking ahead and going at some point in the not very distant future there will be if we don't kill them there'll be more of them than there are of us um and eventually they'll be just them um so is that what we you know is that the direction we want to go and is that where we'll wind up and you know, we we tried to make the arguments as as sharp on both sides as we could. I'm also wondering how you plan for the distant future in the apocalypse. <laughs> like on, on somebody the has to. Well, he you start you start with a little safe pocket, and you sort of build out from there. It's like okay, well, now that we now that we have this, you know, this enclave of civilization, we can start thinking about more than just tomorrow. Let's bomb it. I feel like anyone who has a functioning laptop, Wi-Fi system, and cell phone in the apocalypse can plan ahead. <laughs> I was thinking can afford to terms, plan ahead. I was thinking more in terms of when your survival is not certain, how much sense does it make to plan for the next decade rather than the next 10 days? That's the point that I was going for. Kind of I, both like, at I still once. need it with stupid. the counter-argument that I gave you. I feel like <laughs> it, he got lack, lackadaisical. I mean, his, you... Murphy even, Murphy even points it out. Where is everybody getting these phones? Yeah. <laughs> and part of what that battery does is creates a system, a telecommunication system for them. You don't necessarily need a telecommunication system in order to survive, but it sure is nice, isn't it? I well, mean, shortwave radios have been a thing. If you think about it, there are places in the world now that, for all intents and purposes, are having an apocalypse. And it's over oil. It's not that different. And it's the same calculation. We just get to live a lot farther. We don't have to live amongst the people who are paying the price for our uh, um, consumptive society. So We're Zona. Yeah, we're a little more comfor- comfortable than uh, they are. So, yeah, if you, were, if you had to take the oil from the people who were right here amongst us, that might feel a little different. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I I feel like the main cause of a lot of modern warfare is natural resources. So making the crux of Estes's sort of argument or his justification an energy source makes a lot of sense. So well done, guys. Um, I want to. We are we're running a little short on time, and we haven't even touched on a returning character. Cooper comes back. He lived. <laughs> he lived. And when we had you in the studio earlier this season, Carl, we were like, Carl, why can't we have nice things? Uh-huh. It looks like we can. <laughs> Aw, so thank you. We get this very nice thing, and he wasn't even mad. Well, he it was wasn't. super cool of Mario Van Peebles to. You know, he had to really work hard to fly back and come in to just do that role and stuff. He was he was very busy and worked us into his schedule, so it was That's great awesome. to have him come back. He liked doing the show and Oh yeah, I think he like left he like I think he got left the airport, came to set, filmed with us, went back to the airport, got on a plane. Oh and, wow. Yeah, like, went back to that his, his Empire was that or some yes, yeah, so it was a couple big shows he's directing on and Wow. And, stuff, so. and like in between takes, he was like talking to his editor on the talking to his editor on the phone, <laughs> being like, "No, cut there, move that cue here, and I want no, no, change the gunfire sound." <laughs> Editing over the phone sounds really difficult. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm really glad we got to see this character return uh, because he has a very important bit of information to relate to Warren, and that's the fact that you know. Getting ready for the twist, she's actually been dead this entire season. Now, was 
I, I wanted to ask because, like, it seems like that was sort of the plan from the start of the season, and that there's been a little bit of foreshadowing all season long that mm-hmm. that's what a- was actually going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I mean, we we didn't want it to feel like a complete cheat. We wanted you to be able to think back and all with the excuse of, you know, she's a one-of-a-kind uh, um, mutant because of what all the different things that are in her blood, so... And now hopefully you go back and watch on Netflix and look for all of the little breadcrumbs that got dropped over the course of the season to lead up to that reveal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does this change our perspective of Warren as our protagonist, knowing that she's been dead this entire season? Changes my perspective of her and Cooper's relationship. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know that much about him. <laughs> Everyone I love is dead, but only one of them is still walking around. Well, it's, the, it's the apocalypse. Roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Every one of the apocalypse is broken. Y'all right. can talk her in the end. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Good point, Michelle. That's very true. She's just ahead of the game. Yeah. Unintentionally. <laughs> um, but, you know, shout out to Kalita because... Even though they didn't spend much time together, these two have a lot of really great chemistry. And Mm -hmm. she gives a phenomenal performance, you know, realizing that, you know, know, coming to terms with the fact that she's been dead the whole time, but is also, she's overjoyed to see him and she's processing the fact that she's dead, but that, like, that doesn't necessarily seem to be a problem. It's a lot of emotion to go through. Uh, in in a very short amount of time. So, Alex, did you did you sit down with Kalita ahead of time and kind of work with her to be like, okay, this is this is what we're doing? Uh, yes, and she she played conflicted, and we did it. We had to do it a bunch of different you know ways. She she that was a a scene, and those were moments where or, or, or uh, when she comes around the corner and sees him for the first time. You know, I think we have six or seven takes of that where she does slightly different things, and it was, you know, finding the right balance of... And he's just off camera with a bullhorn going, You're afraid! You're happy to see him! You don't like him anymore! You want him! No, you don't want him! Oh my god, it's your ex! Like a silent movie. (laughs) I think the bullhorn got smashed to pieces after... Oh no, 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 Doc Doc ran away with it. (laughs) No, wait, we want this story now. Uh, no, no. Doc, actually, Doc, I think, actually did run away with the bullhorn. <laughs> Russell, after his scene. In oh, the, is that yeah. where it wound up? I know it was I on think... the broken and lost list. Uh, <laughs> somebody had to pay for that. Oh, yeah, it got lost. Wink! <laughs> Russell just has a trophy case. He's out in his backyard going... <laughs> I, do, I do have to say, after having Kalita in the studio the last time and talking about working with... Um... Mario. Thank you. I'm so sorry, Mario. Um, working with Mario and wanting to make out with him and just like being like, we can do this more. We can just, I'm good. So then when I another saw take, the kisses, another take. Okay. When I saw the kisses, that was all I could think about was just Kalita's inner monologue. If we could keep going, of like, right. Oh, I definitely just, messed that like one up. Like she pulled his face in, and I was like, "Yep, that's Kalita. Right. That's we, not Warren." We actually had to trim it down a little bit. That was a little too much. She, she engineered that hard. whole thing and talking him into coming and the whole deal. So. <laughs> So, like, it's a heartwarming, powerful moment, but I'm also laughing because of Kalita. <laughs> You're also like, Kalita, you sly person. Yep. I love it, though. Yep. I love it. Oh. Like, you know what you want, you go for it. 
I, I think that was one of my favorite moments of the episode when she goes in for the kiss and he he doesn't immediately. He's like, no, I'm still talking. And she's like, no, 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 come on in. <laughs> I, I do love in this moment, it's, I feel like with any other show, if someone asks, was it all a dream? It's like an 85% chance that no, you stupid. And then, and then with Z Nation though, it was like straight 50-50 for me. I was like, which way are you going, Carl? Uh-huh. <laughs> What's she doing in my heart right now? Well, we well you did a great job with the shot too of, of finding a location for it and, and yeah. shooting such a spare room and stuff and the lighting and everything. It felt like it a shrinks it, outer. Right. That it, it was so uh, symmetrical a shot and everything. It made it seem otherworldly. And we milk that moment for just <laughs> as long as you can feel like we could get away with it before like, he. It was good. Well, is it a that dream? would be true of every scene in Z Nation, though. <laughs> <laughs> we milked it for every little bit of the joke that was there. <laughs> well, after this heartwarming moment, we also have a really another heartwarming moment that I, you know, obviously the final scene is with Murphy, but I feel like this moment is like the real heart of this finale, and it's George giving the speech to everyone at Altura with the election results. And, uh, yeah, so I wanted to ask, uh, what was it like preparing for that moment? Because it is the last really huge emotional note of the season. Do you want to talk about writing it? or? <laughs> well, you can talk about, I mean, it, it... Yes and yes. <laughs> well, definitely we knew it was, you know, it was the continuation of the speech that she doesn't give to give, uh, get to give in the beginning. And and knowing, too, that we were really wrapped, you know, not for sure we're wrapping it up, but we wanted it to feel like, you know, a classic character send-off and everything. So it was it was pretty much written like that uh, to, to be that moment. And then um, you guys found a great location for it, and the staging of it and everything was really good. Uh, considering we had like eight people and wanted to make them look like fifty, so uh, Katie's not. Katie doesn't like public speaking. She mentioned she that last day. yesterday that she was having some trouble. She was like rehearsing that thing in the mirror right up until like the moment we put her up there to do it. That's so funny. Um, and but I mean, she killed it. And she was just you know, it was like you know, be your favorite, pick your favorite inspirational speech from a big movie, and just go to that place and be as big as you want. But then it, you know, she she. Layered in this very touching, like, uh, arc to it, especially when we get to the sort of roll call of characters, when the, you know, camera tracks down the line, starts with Russell and ends with yeah. uh, with Addie and Warren. Uh, and that, you know, we did that a couple of, we did a couple of versions of that and ended up, I mean, the first, the first take of it is what we ended up using. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, it was, I... I used to love war movies, and that's sort of a classic war movie convention is mm-hmm. is the roll call, and so really making sure you get a couple of moments with each character, and and you know we're trying to the, the challenging thing was what order do you put him in because that wasn't in the script, right, 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 <laughs> and it's I mean of course we knew that Warren was going to be at the end, but it's you know putting Doc next to 10K and putting Warren and Addie next to each other, and it was like okay, well where do I stick Citizen Z in this, and like he used to have a crush on Addie, so putting him next to Putting him next to her was kind of funny. He throws her a little look, and it's suddenly, it's, <laughs> hopefully, you're like, "Oh, that's kind of cute." Um, Which are the things was... the little beats the actors bring to it? Because they're, especially on a show like this where we're going so fast and everything. And the thing we, I always keep reminding them is, you're you're in charge of your character and all the little parts that aren't written in between, and keep you know keeping them alive, and um, which is where a lot of the fun moments come from, and little beats and stuff like that. 
Citizen Z and Kaya's relationship in the series was one of the most satisfying things about it. it Oh my god, yes. It was great. Seeing him going from a guy who was isolated and alone in the worst of circumstances, getting to see him grow and become a family man was really, 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 really satisfying. And she's so good, too. Ramona's so, she's hilarious. (laughs) Just that little look she gives him when he's like, I'm running out of change. She's just like, You've been giving him change. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a diet coke, like the the diet coke jokes. Well, and things like when he's when he's saying, uh, um, you know, do you want me to help you with that? And she just like looks, does, barely looks at him. Like, no, fuck no. Like here's the entire NSA on a flash drive. Do you want my help? Right. You just gave me your help. It's fine. Everything's fine. Well, uh, as always, we are running a little short on time. Uh, we do so- that. Uh, let's let's go around the table. Final thoughts on this series. Let's start with Katie. This was so much fun. I walked into this not knowing if I was going to like it because, again, coming off of The Walking Dead and not, believe it or not, I was not huge into horror at the time and still am a complete wuss. And it took me a couple episodes to really get into it, but I think by the time we hit Cannibals, I was like, yes, yes, I'm in. Let's go. And I've enjoyed the hell out of it. It has been a treat and a journey, and we got to be zombies. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That was really fun. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say this about this episode because I loved this, and I feel like it was intentional, but I want confirmation. Uh, just the the symmetry in injuries between Pandora and Estes, how Estes gets burned on the left side of his body and Pandora's on the right, and it's kind of like they've been together the whole time, so it balances out. I yeah. loved that. Was that intentional? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Would you have told us if it wasn't? Maybe. Every, everything's intentional. Everything's I mean, it intentional. might have been unconscious. You know, there's a lot of things like that that show up in the show where even I, like afterwards, I go, wow, that was set up so well. How did we know we were going to, you know, but you, part of you. Part of you knows. knows. Part of you does know, like five, yeah, like what the five years are going to be and what basically is going to happen. But you can't. It takes five years to articulate it to other people, and um, but there is a lot of it is there that's hidden to you. And yeah, and and the world is such a different place uh, (laughs) than it was five years ago. That's true too. Seeing the show evolve has been has been a great pleasure as well. Carl, Alex, final thoughts on uh, this episode and the series as a whole. I'll let you go first. Yeah. Well, I think that I mean I think the the legacy of the show is that, that to a certain extent it'll be a reflection of the world in which it was created, but also that it has a certain timeless quality to it. It's not tied to a specific time or a specific place. But it you know it it I think uh, it feels like what it was, which was the product of of a family endeavor, and that the people who work on the show, you know, uh, there's it's 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 a small group. It's a group that really gets along and supports each other and and uh has a lot of fun making it and hopefully that's what people took away from that took away from the show well that was certainly the 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 secret ingredient that made the show good is all the people in it were uh having so much fun doing it and we're we're such a tight group and you know even though we didn't have a lot of uh money and resources um, everybody got the joke and was able to make every, you know uh, every prop person, you know even the grips because it, 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 even if they were, it wasn't exactly in the picture they were keeping it funny on the set while we were working and that attitude just bled through and and by design we always said like you know if if 
the, we wanted the audience to feel like everybody's just out of frame cracking up <laughs> what's going on here. Um, and the, and those, you know, to me, the, the most rewarding parts are, are, you know, just the stuff between the characters and the um, the fact that we would could squeeze real emotion out of such a crazy situation and, and you know, which is a tribute to the incredible actors um, that we had. And, and the fact that we got away with it and that we just did, you know, we're able to do so many weird things without anybody stopping us. Um, and that people responded to it. You know, that's, that was very, uh, very fun. Well. From the bottom of our hearts, we can't say thank you guys enough for all your hard work. Oh, listen, work. thank you. It was yeah. you guys were. It was one of the first places we went where it was like, oh, good, somebody gets the show, they like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we weren't sure at first, we didn't know. So, well, uh, it's, horror comedy. It's horror been comedy. An, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk about this show, and we can't thank you enough for all of the hard work that you guys put into this show and for being so generous with your time, uh, spending time with us over the course of several We'll be seasons. back for Black Summer if you're uh, going to do that one. So. <laughs> Coming up, watch mm-hmm. for it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Do we have a date for that, or is it just in the ether? April. Sometime in April. Ooh. All right. Close. It's coming up. Yeah, it'll come up, uh, probably going to come on right after Z Nation has dropped and okay. sort of oh, run okay. its course this season, and then it'll come on after that. Makes sense. Nice. Well, cannot wait uh, to see what Black Summer has in store, because some of my favorite bits um, were flashback episodes. Oh, yeah. Going back to Black Summer, so I'm really excited. It's well, a very different show. Totally different thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait. Thank you both so, so much. Um, do you have any upcoming projects that you guys t- can talk about besides Black Summer? Uh, not me. I'm like... I'm working on a documentary, uh, a child, uh, a 12-year-old um, animal and climate activist who is trying to make... Who is, uh, we're trying to make a documentary that's uh, climate talk relatable to kids. Oh. That's incredible. I love that. So where can people go if they want to follow you guys and keep up with everything that's going on? Um, I'm on Instagram at dp underscore Yellen. And I'm at at Unreal Carl on Twitter. Well, again, thank you guys so, so much. Thank you, you so best. much. Thank you. It's thank been you an honor. Huh. <laughs> it's been an honor serving with you, ladies. Final sign-off. <laughs> Final yeah. sign-off. Michelle, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? You can find me on Instagram at awkward underscore photographer because Twitter's taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> Katie. I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Voltron is back and Rooster Team, as always, is on Wednesdays. And those are both on the animation channel. I am also on an Overwatch League podcast called On The Point. And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also do a Lost Retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, so go check that out if you want to hear me talk about television that's been done for almost a decade. So, again, can't say thank you enough to both of you guys for joining us tonight. I want to give and another little shout-out. Thanks to everyone who's been in the chat all this time. Thanks to everyone who's been in the hashtag all this time. You guys make this Alicia so much Perez, more fun your than gift it game. already is. Yeah. Yes! Special shout out to Alicia Perez. Her gift game has been on point all season. You Gift or gift, whatever. You rock. Gift <laughs> game. For everyone who has participated, thank you. You guys have made doing hey, this Mom. show yeah, even yes. more special. Thank you all. Um, so yeah, we love you guys. Thank you all so, so much. Uh, we might do a series recap 
episode, but we shall see. Uh, anyway, stay tuned. Definitely subscribe to the channel to be notified if that happens. <laughs> so thank you guys again. We will see you all in the apocalypse. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> <laughs> 